Hello and welcome to The Daily Reprieve, where we provide essay speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. We would also like to inform you of an upcoming Sexaholics Anonymous Internet Marathon. Around the World in 24 Hours will take place starting at noon Universal Time on November 29th and will end promptly at noon Universal Time on November the 30th. It's free to register online at www.sim.sexaholicsanonymous.eu. Thank you very much, and without further ado, welcome to The Daily Reprieve. John M. and I'm a sexaholic. Um, I have a white book here that does not have it on page 192, any asterisks whatsoever. I bought this in 1989. Um, I've never really felt that uh, the Cleveland clarification was important to me in my sobriety, in my recovery. Um, I'm not speaking for or against. I'm here trying to uh, understand both sides and what everybody's feeling. I appreciate all the shares. A lot of excellent sharing has gone on on both sides. Um, and I agree with Tim that the focus of our fellowship is a spiritual recovery and should be and that's what I need that's what's helped me and uh, and I agree with both the gyms uh, what they shared in regards to um, I don't want to keep anybody from feeling uh, free to come find what I found. Um, so the question then becomes for me, what do I do with this controversy that we've got? Do I, do I stand on a, on a certain side or do I just kind of stand on the sidelines and watch? And it's a hard it's a hard thing for me because I I, I hear um, people like one of the gentlemen that that left he he feels very strongly about keeping things the way they are um, and I understand his point of view. Um, he feels like the sobriety definition, you know, is is a key element to his recovery um, and his sobriety. But I don't I don't feel um, I don't feel the spiritual. Uh, recovery there, um, so it's it's 
you know, I, I want the best for everybody. Um, and it's hard. I don't, I don't want there to be controversy in our fellowship. I don't want there to be division. And yet, I do want everybody to have, you know, free access and feel that they can come here for help. Um, I just wish there was a way to resolve this without, without us dividing um, in any way. But it seems like there isn't. Um, and I think we're on the right path here of talking about it. I think what we've got to do is we have to get our emotions under control and really exhibit our spiritual recovery when we're talking about this issue so that we don't uh, cause any more friction or or uh, resentment or uh, antithesis that is absolutely necessary. Um, I mean, I think we can we can come to a solution, and it may take it's going to take time. It's going to take some time, but I really do believe we can we can find a solution to this problem if we if we focus on our recovery and talk sensibly and try to keep emotions um, as low as possible. Thanks for letting me share. Thanks, John. Is there anybody else who would like to share? I would like to share again if everyone has shared once. Let me ask... Let me ask also if you had your question answered. Uh, yes, I think the answer was you think it's a contradiction because of the history behind how it went from being a spouse to defining spouse. But I do like to make a comment. Uh, why don't you come up first and then you and then Bill, you can come back around. My name is Robert, sexaholic. Um, I remain neutral. Uh, my comments, um, and let's see. For those, I, I want to uh, start with a question uh, to understand where you're coming from. Those who say there is a contradiction. Uh, if society today, um, over the history in the United States, um, homosexual acts became more and more acceptable. And even to the point that uh, several states had acknowledged uh, marriage between same sex. If this was not the case, would you still believe um, that in SA there should be um, acceptance um, between uh, sex between? to um, people to uh, the same sex. Now, I say this because that will determine whether I should make my statement or to avoid it altogether. Or do I need to clarify my question? I, I think you should just make your statement. Yeah. All right. Now, because I think you should assume that the answer is yes for some people and no for others. All right. Now, the reason I ask is, and please take this um, tongue-in-cheek, uh, because... Uh, 
The question is, uh, from what I understand, listening to everyone, is acceptance of who we are. And if we are supposed to accept um, people, homosexual or bisexual, having the same um, sexual attraction to one another and saying we should not exclude them for their interest in one another, then how far does that go? I mean, if to say it is wrong to exclude um, homosexual relationships, then what about bestiality or um, minors versus um, um, adults versus minors? And the question comes to ethics. And um, it seems to me that uh, prior to uh, this saying, should we accept homosexual um, relationships of same sex? Um, question, the preliminary question is, prior to that, is homosexuality um, acceptable or is homosexual acts acceptable and not acceptable? By um, going there and making a ter- determination one then can progress or proceed into whether one, if SA should accept um, homosexual relationships or not. Uh, can I, I, I in, as in my role as moderator, keep us on point? Um, that's not what's being discussed here. What's being discussed here is marriage. In other words, what's being discussed here is the definition of marriage, not whether homosexuality or bestiality or anything else is acceptable. It's whether we should be defining what marriage is when law has defined marriage otherwise. Okay. That's what the footnote is about. See, and that's why I asked that preliminary question. If, um, if it wasn't for the law and society over time accepting homosexuality, would it still be the same um, concern or debate? There might be a different debate, there might be a different discussion, but this discussion today is focused on the footnote which clarifies the definition of marriage. All right. Now, as far as speciality, that's tongue-in-cheek, like I, I said. I understand. Uh, then I would, uh, I would, from listening to everyone, uh, well, li- let me rephrase that. Listen to the people who came up to speak. I would argue it's not so much about marriage, but um, homosexual acts or bisexual acts. And the use of marriage is just a, an ex- um, excuse to determine or to, to determine a, an acceptance of such actions. Um, and um, it seems that if if you, if one insists as not so much on homosexual acts versus marriage, then I would say that one would not be intellectually honest about the discussion. Um, I would also say, um, well, um, that also if. Also, it's been my observation, listen to people, that if SA in its current definition um, of sobriety has helped so many people who are either consider themselves bisexual or homosexual, has helped them, then what's the harm of just continuing to keep it as is? Because 
is done well. Um, those who criticize SA, um, I have uh, saying they're anti-homosexual, anti-bisexual. I have defended saying that is simply not the case. Um, thank you very much, and have a nice day. In terms of history, just so we all understand the timeline, does anybody remember what year the Supreme Court decision that overturned Bowers was? In other words, homosexuality was at one point illegal in the United States, and then it became, and then states started overturning it, and then there was a U.S. Supreme Court case that made those laws that banned homosexuality illegal, and I don't know what year that was. Does anybody know when that occurred? Uh, Bill Sexaholic, it was in, within the last five years, just to put it in the ballpark, right? No, I think it was longer ago than that. Longer ago? Okay. No. Was it part of the civil rights? Thing? No, it, there was a case. There was a case actually that came out of Georgia called Bowers, where the Supreme Court upheld the Georgia statute against uh, what, what they called sodomy, the Georgia sodomy, sodomy statute, and that was sometime in the eighties, because Mike Bowers was our was our uh, uh, attorney general. Um, that case was later overturned, and it was the case that overturned the Bowers case that, uh, that, that overturned state sodomy laws. And I just I don't remember where that falls in terms of the timeline with the Cleveland clarification and then the recent Supreme Court case that, that, you know, that then changed everything again, because the legal status of the issue you know, is an overlay on everything else we're doing. Just, I, I would just If anybody knew, I wanted to get the timeline, but... Uh, who you wanted to? I'm Chris. I'm a sexaholic. And uh, as someone else shared, I, I do not have any prepared statement, but um, just thought I would come up and comment. Um, one thing I'm reminded of, and I apologize if I'm repeating something that, that was stated earlier because I was at another meeting, um, so I'm, I'm late to the party a little bit. Um, but one statement that I hear at pretty much every essay meeting, it's in the script of almost every meeting I've been to, is we avoid topics that can lead to dissension or distraction. And uh, as someone might have shared on this already, but uh, all I've ever experienced in my personal experience with this issue is dissension and distraction. <laughs> um, and the other thing, to me it's frustrating because for nearly 20 years, I believe, the, the sobriety definition did not have a footnote. Um, and what little I know of the history, uh, I don't believe the fellowship came uh, together and said, we need this clarified. Um, I think it was uh, divine providence, the way it was originally written. And, and, and then this footnote was put in, which I think, what, again, what little I know of the history seemed more self-will or the will of you know a small group uh, versus what the fellowship was asking for, which was nothing. <laughs> and when I look at the definition, the sobriety definition, um, whether the footnote is there or it isn't there, I don't I don't see the difference. <laughs> our, our sobriety definition calls for no sex with self and no sex outside of marriage, a no sex with anyone else other than the spouse. That's the person, as I understand marriage, that's the person that I stand up in front of God and in front of a legal witness, a justice of the peace, and say, this is the person I plan to spend the rest of my life with and you know, uh, grow spiritually with. Uh, whether that, that person, 
and um, you know people mention bestiality and minors. I don't think either of those are legal as far as a binding marriage. <laughs> so uh, we're talking about one sex or the other, but if this is the person that I'm bound to spiritually, I, I, I don't see what difference it makes whether the footnote's there or not. Um, I, 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 I don't think it waters down the footnote, to, uh, it waters down the sobriety definition to remove the footnote, which wasn't there for uh, nearly 20 years of our fellowship. Um, and so, I, I, you know, and as a single person, I'll share this experience as well. When I first came in, I didn't understand why I couldn't have a committed relationship. As I grew in, in sobriety and recovery, I understand as a sexaholic, a marriage <laughs> is the only relationship that will work for me that I believe that I can grow spiritually with someone and be less free. If I'm not married to that person, there's just... Uh, lust would go crazy for me. So I, I, I understand why the, the sobriety definition, our sobriety definition, keys on marriage and a spouse as the person, you know, that I, that I can be sexually active with. That, that's my understanding, and that's, I had to grow into that as a single person. But I, as I look at the sobriety definition, I, you know, the, the strict bottom line that, that, that we talk about, I don't understand where the footnote fits in the, that from a lust perspective. Um, you know, I, 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 I understand SA as, you know, as a program to, to overcome, to recover from my lust addiction. I don't understand how we define marriage as affecting that. I, and it's, it's a frustration for me that, that I just don't see where the footnote really fits in with that. So thanks for letting me share. Um, let me just clarify the, the, the outline I was talking about. In 1986, the Supreme Court decided the Bowers versus Hardwick case um, that upheld state anti-sodomy laws. In 2000, and then in 1999, this clarification was put into our literature. Then in 2003, the Supreme Court decided Lawrence versus Texas um, that uh, overturned Bowers and, and, and overruled uh, and overturned the legality of all the states' anti-sodomy laws. So in 1999, um, there were certain states where homosexuality was still illegal. Uh, by 2003, homosexuality was then forced to be legal throughout the United States. And then in 2012, the Supreme Court decided that, that, that the states had to recognize um, Gay marriage. The states that wanted to recognize gay marriage, the government had to acknowledge that. So that's just the legal framework for where this fits, for the timing in terms of where this fits in the legal framework. Um, would anybody else like to? Bill, did you want to share? Come on up. I'd like to follow a little bit. Okay. So, uh, Bill, sexaholic. Thank you for letting me get up here again. So, the uh, a couple things I just wanted to make a point of. Um, just so you understand the way I sponsor, I do believe it's an addiction to lust. When I work with sponsees, I say when you start evaluating anyone in terms of whether they're good-looking or bad-looking, you are going down the wrong road. So I just want people to understand that even though I consider my bi myself bisexual, I probably have one of the most conservative sponsoring um, approaches relative to anyone else in these rooms. Uh, so I just want to make that clear. Um, the second thing I wanted to say is that um, in the big book, it says that we focus on general principles 
of, it essentially, I'm paraphrasing, general principles of all religions. And I will tell you, I work with a gay man at work who is married, who um, is married to a um, preacher in Atlanta. He has a healthy marriage. Uh, he has what I would consider a healthy marriage. When I run this by him, he is just outraged. So we're outraging our religious leaders in Atlanta. I attend a temple that is led by a gay rabbi. I'm so ashamed of our definition that I can't even tell my spiritual leader what the definition is for this group. Um, the last thing to say is, if we don't think it's a political issue, let's just have a focus group outside of SA and ask people if this de definition sounds political or not. And, you know, it would be clear very quickly that the majority of the people consider this issue a political issue. I don't think it's a debate of whether it is a political issue or not. It, I just really do believe everyone knows it's a political issue, and it is dividing the fellowship. So, thanks for listening. Thank you. I know Jim wanted another. Would anybody else like to say something brief? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and then we'll let Jim close, and then we'll finish with the serenity prayer. Uh, sure. Since you represent um, the position that there is a contradiction, I ask that the person I was attempt uh, be able to speak um, one more time. Uh, if, if he wants to, he's more than welcome. That it's all volunteer. So if Tim would like to speak out, there's no he's more than welcome to do so. Absolutely. This is RS again, and all I want to do is call your attention. I'll leave this up here on the table for examination. Uh, these are some of the key emails that went back and forth in 2001, uh, whenever the survey was taken among the fellowship, and um, they aren't all of them. Uh, you can find all of them that deal with the southeast region on the Cicero website unless someone has taken them off. But these are some of the key ones. Uh, present tally of votes uh, from Harvey. Um, and then uh, a statement by the uh, Asheville group as to why they don't think that this should be put in, put in there. And then uh, the final Southeast region vote tally, which I think is interesting because of, the, of all the groups in the Southeast region, 88.64% of all groups voted yes to keep the definition as is. Um, That's the old definition. The old definition, right, right. Uh, to change the definition was 11.36 of all groups. To keep the definition as presently as written in the white book, 77%, 77.54% of respondents, individual respondents in the Southeast voted yes. To change the definition of the Cleveland Clarification, 22%, uh, 0.45 of respondents voted yes. Um, I don't have all those different states because I'm in South Carolina, and I just made note that South Carolina was 100% that voted to keep it as it is and 100% of the individuals to keep it as it is. Um, then I have, um, and that's from Harvey as well. And then the next one is Harvey's resignation over this whole thing, uh, which is interesting. And then uh, the last one is um, uh, Roy Kay's revocation of license um, to, to, so that we could not keep selling the white book unless we made the change. So I'll leave this up here. It's really interesting information to look at, and it's straight from history. So we did say make the change. Which change? I'm confused. Which change are you talking about? 
Doing away with the asterisk or the change that occurred? The, the change would be to add the uh, clear, Cleveland clarification. Oh, okay. okay. Um, did you, Tim, did you want to say anything else? Oh, Roger, why say something? Tim Hansen, recovered sexaholic. Um, I didn't come up here to argue with anybody. I don't have a beef with anyone. I don't actually oppose anybody that's here or anything they've said. I came up here to stand on the strength of my own experience, and that is that anybody that comes to SA can find a solution for that which is killing them, and the solution is a better life than they could ever have imagined. That's all. I, I do appreciate hearing all these different perspectives. Understanding where somebody comes from helps me love them more. So I like that. So thanks for having me share again. Jim, did you want to say anything else? Well, I'm still Jim City. Still grateful for recovering. Um, it took me some time to move from a me program to a we program to get off of it's all about Jim and Jim's sobriety and see that I can't be sober unless I'm sharing the message. My recovery depends on me sharing the message and helping somebody else. My experience with this has been highly seasoned and motivated by my experience while I was in college. Um, the experiences of some of my ministerial friends, uh, like a friend who was the pastor of the church in Asheville where we have Mountain Spring, is that the name of it? First um, that was in the 60s and 70s. So if a African-American family presented themselves for membership in my faith tradition, in my faith tradition they vote on whether we accept them into the fellowship. And when the vote was given, they were denied membership in the church because they were African Americans and it was a white Christian congregation they were applying membership to. This is in an open meeting of the congregation after worship. That happened at the First Baptist Church Asheville and it took three years before they changed their policy the people in the church would say, this is the church where I got saved. Don't disturb my church with these African-American Christians. They are breaking tradition. The tradition is this is a white-only church. And that affected me here because that's not what I understand the good news to be about or the gospel to be about. It is about inclusion. You know, we welcome anyone. And gratefully, the culture has changed. You know, that doesn't happen anymore that I'm aware of. Although I do know that in Louisiana recently, a mixed-race couple were refused to be married in the church where they were attending. Although they reneged once it got to be public. They changed their mind. So this is a we program, not a me program. And I think anything that we can do to make it a we program and not say, I'm sorry, a certain class of married couples like same-sex married lesbians and homosexuals, I'm sorry, you cannot get sobriety in our program because that's the way our definition reads. Then we need to be prayerful and ask our higher power for some guidance. Um, 
I want to thank you for being here for everything that I've heard. We are going to take a seventh tradition as appreciation for the church and their hospitality and then to give, it's going to be split between the church and the Atlanta Intergroup to help them to carry the message. And uh, thank thank you. Um, thank everybody for coming. Um, I guess we'll just do the seventh tradition up here. And uh, would uh, Jim like to lead us in, in the serenity prayer to close on this? <laughs>